Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wyoming Pickups. We got no Tony Baloney tonight. I'm really sad about that. He would have loved this one. That's right. Tony, we wish you were here, buddy. Uh, so he had, he, he said he was, I believe, triple booked. So a lot of stuff came up that he couldn't get out of. He usually does everything he can to make it here, and we're we're so, his uh, he's we're sad he's not here. He's at two different places right now, but he's just not here. We will manage, try to get on without him and his super brain and his infinite guitar knowledge. I gotta step up and his giant boisterous happy voice. <laughs> gotta step it up tonight. Uh, yeah. So hey, this is me. I'm Todd Novak. We are happy to have you here with the Guitar Knobs podcast. Yep. And this is a very, very exciting episode for me personally, and I think for all of us who are going to be listening, I think we'll be very happy and pleased that we know about somebody that is on the line. Who is this? Hi, this is uh, Stephen Burnett from Honey Tea Guitars. Honey Tea Guitars, and you're calling from where? From Sydney, Australia. Sydney, Australia. Oh, yeah. Ooh, that's a long ways away. Internet, please hold up for us, buddy. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, hey, Jared, what do we do on this show? We talk about boutique builders. We talk about uh, uh, guitars, pedals, uh, just anything that makes our stuff go. Amps? Oh, yeah. Other ephemera? That's right. Anything that makes our stuff go and makes it sound like we want it sound. Yeah. And not only do we talk about them, but we want to hear from the story. We want to hear the stories from the people that actually make them. This has been the focus of this podcast for a very long time. I love doing it. I know Jared loves doing it. I love Tony loves doing it. And we're glad that you're with us listening to it. Hey, wherever you're listening to, if you could take one moment and give us one rating we would not a one rating. Give us a full rating of like yeah, as many stars as possible, please. Yeah. But give us They're a rating. They're free. Just yeah. pick them all. You just it's so easy. You just click. That's it. You could write a review. Share when we put out a lot of stuff. If you like something, you go <laughs> look at that. That's stupid or that's awesome. Share it. Just that's share right. it one time. That's all I'm asking. We are trying to get the word out. Get the word around. If you like the stuff, subscribe to what we're doing on Instagram on the podcast feed, wherever you're listening. We are now on Spotify. So if you haven't listened to us on Spotify and you listen to Spotify all the time, well, that makes things mighty easy. You dig? So wherever you're listening, just give us a little quick pat on the back digitally, so to speak, and we'd greatly appreciate it. I uh, I had a bit of news I also wanted to announce. Um, uh, by now, everybody will know of the hurricane flow and a major supplier of many people in the music industry uh was affected by that mojo music supply mm-hmm. uh, oh, they it, yeah they're uh they're back to work now they've they've been out of commission i don't know for maybe a week or something but uh, uh many people's homes many employer employees that work there their homes are damaged and flooded and whatnot um the place itself is fine. It's just a lot of the employees that work there are um, just kind of going through a rough time. So kind of keep that in mind and and uh, send them a shout out if you do business with them and let you know you're thinking of them. Uh, but yeah, I made an order today and, and they're working hard to get stuff out still. And uh, I just wanted to give them a shout out. Yeah, solid. Uh, we've got a lot of friends in that area uh, and by friends, I don't mean necessarily personal ones, but if 
if someone's been on our show, they are they are a friend, um, a stranger no more. As Seems so to like speak. everybody knows somebody that's you know yeah that in that area. There's a big concentration oh, of yeah. builders. It's pretty pretty neat. So let's get on with things, shall we? Yep. What's going on in our music world this week, Tony? No. Oh, sucks. You didn't say nothing. Yeah, Jared. How about you, buddy? <laughs> okay, so. Last week, I went to the dentist in Fremont, Ohio. Okay. <laughs> anyway, and uh, you got you got grills with that that spell. I got my teeth cleaned on, on the. Front? I got my teeth cleaned. Oh. It's a different teeth cleaning lady, and she was real nice and much more gentle. Anyway, went to the guitar shop afterwards because uh-huh, uh, it's right there. Because it's right there, and it's the one I grew up with. That's yep. my place. I walk in, and the owners and I are very good friends, Dustin, and. uh I go in the back and we just start, you know, uh, bull crapping about stuff. And I see this old big PV stereo. Um, I forgot the exact name of it. It's it's a stereo. It's a chorus something. It's an old uh, solid state PV amp. It's got two of those um, widow Black Widow speakers in it. Okay, yeah, the twelve inch. Yeah, and it's it, it's like. When you go to your buddy's house or when you meet that person that has that PV guitar and the in the solid state amp back in the eighties and they're just, you know, hammering away. That it, that's just kind of the vibe I got when I looked at it. It kind of took me back. I like that old equipment. I think it's cool looking. Yeah, and, and it goes <laughs> indestructible. It, it is. And uh Dustin's like, Hey man, do you want this amp? I'm like, Shut up. Have it? I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> what Yeah, I want it. You should ask me that. Do you want the amp? Yes, I do. Okay, take it home. All right. Jeez. So that's what I did. He just gave it to me. He's like, I don't have time to mess with it. I've he's got all these really nice uh tube amps in his shop. Yeah. Really high. He's known for carrying a lot of good high-end amplifiers yeah. in that guitar store. So um that, that old PV stuff's good, man. It's all it was made in USA. Yeah, well, and it's good. I got it home, plugged it in, <laughs> turned it on. Plug, you know, plugged in uh, a strap plus with a big humbucker no, in no, it, and away that. we went. I mean, it, bam! I mean, <laughs> it was instant death metal, rock metal from the eighties. I just I felt like I got in a DeLorean and went back to nineteen eighty-eight. It's great. <laughs> it was awesome. So that uh, that was the highlight of my week, man. Well, all right, uh, Stephen, Stephen Burnett, out in Australia. What's going on in your music world this week that isn't that isn't building guitars? Um, at the moment, I'm uh, on a little bit of a hiatus, so I'm getting through all the repair work that has been building up. Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of where my world is at the moment. Um, I have big news and big plans that sort of coming down the line, which is still very up in, in the air. Yeah. Um, which is Exciting but frustrating for me. Sure. But um, at the moment, um, yeah, I've got one guitar that I need to finish off. I've got another one which I will talk about in a little bit because it had a bit of a tragedy happen. We're going to get into all your your luthier Um, stuff soon. But, yeah, I'm pretty much head down, bum up at the moment. I'm not really – Going out too much, just uh, I've, I've got to focus. I've got I've got a I've got a prize to to win, and I'm I'm 
going to get my, well, my, take my head that. right for it. That sounds good, man. I like that. Mm. Um, as for me, I, yeah, what about I well, I had a package delayed uh, because of the crazy weather on the East Coast, but it was my <sighs> EP booster that I got off of Reverb.com. Okay. And uh, I, I had been using Tony's that he loaned me. And I absolutely love that pedal. Like, I honestly, it's it's one of those pedals. And this is not a new thing. The EP booster is not a new thing. It's been around for a long time. And a lot of people have them on their boards. If you don't have it on your board, if you haven't tried it, it is it is shocking that like when you when you do play, you're like, how on earth have I been playing through this amp with this with any guitar I own without this ever? It's it's that kind of pedal. It's made really well too. Yeah, the exotic EP Great booster. Pedal. But, but aside from the you know the little endorsement right there, uh, I wanted it has dip switches on the inside. So you there's a couple different settings you can you can do. The way that it came was set to vintage, which was Unity Gain. It's a little bit warmer, I think. I think that's what the setting is. But anyways, I wanted to get it to the setting that I was using on Tony. So I opened up the back of both of them, and I noticed that the actual foot switch was different tony's is a pcb and mine is the 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 standard uh post style um uh soldered uh foot switch and i thought huh i wonder if this is going to sound different so i set this i set the dip switches exactly the same and i'm not saying that those foot switches make it sound different but those two pedals sound a little bit different and it's a trip because his has a little bit more, I guess. You, I guess I would say presence. Mm. So if you're thinking about a presence knob on your amp, when you turn that knob up, it has like a little bit of. Um, it brightens and tightens things up a little bit and gives stuff more definition. His had a little bit more than mine, and it was really interesting to to hear the difference in essentially the exact same pedal. So I'm assuming mine's a little bit older. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like, did they? I don't know why they would have changed it and not, you know, put in yeah. like version two or, you yeah. know, don't know, signify some sort of different version. Yeah, it it was just interesting to to hear the difference. Um, and it it was super subtle, but I could hear it, and I I like it. I like the new one I got quite a bit. So okay, uh, another great purchase on Reverb. So you know, even though it's you you discovered it's a slight bit different, you're still very satisfied. Oh with yeah, what you got. totally. I mean, I mean, I'd even think about putting another one at the end of my signal chain just to see what happens right i should have done that with tony's i had it i had two of them what was i doing oh <laughs> colossal mess get on it my back part. from him he's not I should it. yeah he's not using it What's he's the, in two different places he's, right now <laughs> with a rickenbacker whatever mm-hmm. uh whoo doggies look out one two one two three four on the floor okay four on the floor Stephen burnett from honey right. tea guitars yes sir Okay, well, um, I don't have a lot of pedals, not really much of a big pedal guy, mainly go off the amps that, I've, that I own. Um, but the pedals that I do have that I really, really love, I'm a big uh, electro harmonics guy. Oh, yeah. I, I really, really dig. I think they're really well made. They sound great. They've got a lot of variation in what they build. So um, one of them is the, the cockfight. Oh yeah, which okay. is which is the the the, the talking wire and and uh, that that deal and uh, with that I, I usually run a Dunlop Volume X pedal, um, 
but I dig, I really dig the um, the fuzz um, and the the gain that you can get out of the cockfight. It's just, it's a cool wah pedal, but it's it's also a really cool you know um, overdrive and distortion pedal, and then you, know, you can really fuzz it out as well. It's got the bias on it, which oh man, you you're gonna you make me pull the trigger on one of these. I literally have one on my watch list and reverb right they're, now. They, they're they're really cool. They're, I, I think just the the scope of um tone and sound you can get out of it it's also i i've, I've never been a really big wah person you know i i got a, a few wah pedals over the years and they never really did it for me they always sounded thin which is you know the idea but the cool thing with the cockfight is, is it's got a bottom end yeah. um yeah on it so you can it sounds full it sounds you know you can have it just on and it sounds like a really cool full bass heavy distortion pedal nice. and then it's got the wire to it so it's, you don't really have to mess around too much with, yeah you don't um, you don't get sound. stuck in the the whole well must rock back and forth on my walk yeah that's what you're supposed to do that's that's a trouble that i have with was although i did and, just get one <laughs> yeah and it's it's got it's got a beautiful clean setting it's got a beautiful drive setting you know it's, it's again it's it's got a really wide variation in its tail all right tail. i'm sold <laughs> uh, the other one coming in, uh, another electro harmonics is the pitchfork. Love, love the pitchfork. Aha! One of my favourite pedals. When that, when 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 they first came out with these things, I'd had octi pedals over the years. Again, they always kind of didn't quite cut the mustard, um, but the pitchfork just settled um, everything for me. In that, just the fact that you know you could set it for different, uh, you know, put it on fifths, put it on eighths, put it on fourths, thirds. Um, it was just, I actually have two of them. I, I, um, I, for a while there, I was running two, um, splitting them out to, to different amps. Oh, yeah. Um, now you're talking my language. So I would have one set on uh, an octave setting going to one amp, and then I'd have one set on the fifth setting going to another amp, and it was oh. just this massive sound. It was really, yeah. really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. I, um, that's made it to a few times on our show, actually. Yeah. yeah. I, again, it's, 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 it sounds cool. There's no or very, very little latency. It's, um, it doesn't sound weird. It doesn't have that warbly weirdness that goes on with octave pedals normally which is again cool and the fact that it drops down you know two and three octaves top and bottom, yeah um yeah you can get right down to sub bass stuff which you know if you've got the the drive for it in your amp then you know you can pretty much blow out any windows that you've got in the house <laughs> um Pretty. my awesome. next my next one um is a fuzz pedal it's uh the JHS uh, pollinator. Okay. Okay. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 again, had a few fuzz pedals over the years, had the originals. They were like, yeah, it's cool, whatever. Pollinator just seems to just take it up to 11 and, and then, you know, put some steroids into it and, and beat you over the head with it. It's, it's, it's really cool. You can tone it down. It's got some really nice sort of subtle things to it when you go to play, if you want to play nice. JHS um, makes some quality stuff. That's for dang yeah. sure. But yeah, if, um, if you want to just go for crazy fuzz overdrive, that's going to feed back and kill your, kill your cat. Then that, that's, yeah, that's the pedal for me. <laughs> um, 
my fourth pedal, and this is I, I when I first saw this um, online, I saw the uh, a YouTube video for it. I absolutely fell in love, and I had to have it. And it's from a uh, a company in uh, New Zealand uh, called Flux, and it's the Flux Liquid Ambience Polyphonic. It's a reverb pedal, um, and it is one of the nicest, purest most spatial but incredibly simple pedals I've ever heard. Um, really? Yeah. It's, I have it's, not, I'm not familiar with this one. It's really, really beautiful. If you look it up, Flux, um, Liquid Ambience, it's an incredible, beautiful sounding pedal. Um, it, <clears throat> um, there's something to do with their electronics. They're all handmade um, just out of this little factory in, in New Zealand. Um, they're hideously expensive. It's the most expensive I've, the most money I've ever paid for a pedal. Really? Which I think was, it was, I think it was close to $500. For, oh. But that, that's, that was, um, yeah, the, 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 again, they're very, the, the all handmade, all high end electronics, but the, the pedal itself actually, it, it also works in fifths and octaves. You can have your, your reverb in an octave. Or a fifth, really? Yeah, and it, it it switches up. You can have your reverb in a low octave, or you can have your reverb in a high octave, or you can mix the two up. But it's all done on um, one pot. Interesting. It's so that's kind really, of like really cool. um, the Keeley Caverns actually has a uh, a switch that's like I think it's called Shimmer, and it and it takes it into it 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 kind of octifies it a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Yep. But but it it does it it's it's like a tail. So it, what you're saying is you, the one that you're talking about actually holds it there. Yeah, and oh, it's what a it's, trip. it's it's also got what is called a, it's written more. It's got a more button which you basically hold down, and it'll carry that reverb. Oh, like it it'll almost, sustain or, that reverb. Or, yeah, like sustain oh. or loop it. It just it just and it just builds and builds and builds. And you just get this massive atmosphere behind you. It's it's, it's pretty cool. Nice. Yeah, I do have one pedal that is is I, I it's not part of my four, but it does deserve a special mention because when it first came out, I had to have it because it was just the dumbest thing I'd ever experienced, <laughs> and and that's the <clears throat> the Korg Miku Stomp, the Korg Niku, Miku M M I K U Miku Stomp. Though it's it's <laughs> it is one of the most amazingly useless pedals. <laughs> ever built very nice hideously expensive and it was brought out there there's a, there's a lot of those on the market my friend there's, there's there's a japanese um anime character um oh i know what you're talking about it, yeah, it voices me, it yeah yeah it's the voice one yeah it's the and it is so dumb it is, and it sounds <laughs> so great but so horrible at the same time yeah and uh, i was like when it came out i was like i'm gonna buy that and I'm gonna keep it. Someone's <laughs> gonna give like me Tony a lot of money that. for that later yeah. on. So those who don't know what this pedal is, essentially what it does is when you play something, it 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 it's if I'm correct, it plays like the vowel sounds yes. from like a a, ma- a manga ma- manga yeah. character. Yeah, a little uh, a sixteen year old anime girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> so I was like, ooh, yeah. Yes. That's <laughs> 
weird. And, and the idea behind it, like I've seen, I've seen videos for it. And if you're the right kind of player and you can pull it off, it can count sound kind of cool. It could be a little cool, a little gimmick in your, in your show. Sure. But, but they've not really thought about it that much for like, I think, but, but just like you, they just, it's like some somebody's going to buy this. Yeah. And it's, 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 it was, like I said, it was the, the dumbest thing that that I've ever heard, but I had to have one. Yeah. It's pretty, it's pretty silly, uh, for sure. <laughs> uh, okay, cool. That's a solid four on, four the, floor on the floor plus. Um, thank you for sharing that. And it's funny because everybody that, that comes on this and well, I'm not really a pedal guy. They always have pedals. Yeah. They always, they always got ones that, that you can name off. So it, it's great. Uh, okay. So the, I'm going to do a little bit of a walk up on, on your involvement in the show right now. Cool. Sure. All right. Please. So ladies and gentlemen, we are talking with, uh, Stephen Burnett from honey tea. Now I've, I just say it's honey tea because that's what it says on your headstock, but I know that your site is honey tea and Maplewood. Yeah. So, do you go by Honey Tea Guitars or Honey Tea and Maplewood? It's um, when I first came up with the name, um, I like run on names. I, I like two part names where it's blah, 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 or blah, blah, blah. Sure. And um, I never wanted, um, I didn't want it Burnett Guitars. I didn't want a, a name guitar brand thing. And uh, so when I came up with it, I was like, what, what's, what's really me? You know what's what's going to be really distinctive and, and me, uh-huh. and uh, I like honey in my tea. Okay, <laughs> and that's where honey tea came from. And, okay. and I was like, well, uh, I, I like honey in my tea. So honey tea and 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 I use maple all the time. It's like honey tea and maple wood. They're kind of really interesting. Runs, yeah, flows off the flows G- off the tongue. So. Jared likes run on names too. Although his would be a little bit different. It'd be like. Uh, spaghetti and meatballs, <laughs> macaroni and cheese. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, chicken and waffles. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely that. But, yeah. So that's where that came from. But when Crispy. I went to, yeah, when I went to go and build my first guitar, I was like, I can't have honey and tea, honey tea and maple wood in inlay, you know, mother of pearl inlay, you know, it's going to be tiny and I'm going to break my fingers trying to do it. <laughs> um, so that's where I just sort of became honey, honey tea. Uh-huh. And, uh, and so either's, either's good. Good. Okay. Well, we'll go with, we'll just for, for conversation purposes, we're going to go with honey tea. How about that? Yeah. Sounds okay. Good solid. Me. So let me tell you a little bit about why this gentleman is on our show right now. First of all, He's a great builder. I will acknowledge that right now. And I will say not a great builder. Uh, legitimately one of the finest builders that I have run across ever, period. Now, I started following you on Instagram. What intrigued me about what you were doing was before I even actually saw a finished guitar, like I was locked in because you d- have done an excellent job of showing your craft every little piece and part of the way of the process which you do completely by hand Mm -hmm. uh i don't know that i've seen a power tool 
Now, I, there could be, but I don't know that I've seen any. The way that you have, have let viewers or users in your process and you know, your craft has been so inclusive. And not a lot of brands pull that off. And you did that so very well. Thank you. So then, so there, that's one aspect. And then you actually start to like uncover like holy moly, the level of artistry that you're putting into your guitars, that's in a pretty elite class. There are few people that are doing some of the craft that you're doing, uh, or at least that are out there showing themselves. I can think of a handful, but there's not a lot. Take that to then seeing, you know, you're walking through, I've got a giant board plank, uh, uh, and now you're doing the carving, and then you, then you finally show the finished guitar, and I feel like I've been watching it the whole time. That was a really special thing. When you do the reveal, you're like, oh my gosh, like I've watched this from a block of wood to, to turn into this. That's amazing. Now, I realize that every, virtually every guitar that's built goes through that process, to a degree. Yes. But showing that process is a different thing. Understanding the types uh, of things that you're doing, the techniques and things, that's where it starts to separate out. So I was a fan and I've, I've brought them up many, many times and very, very early on in the show, I said, I got to get this guy on the show. And I held off for a long time because I'm like, he's not going to do it. Because <laughs> we were, you know, starting out, like I just, our conf- my confidence level was not super high. And actually, I spoke with Sean Wright from Lollygagger Effects last night. We were talking about a few things, and uh, he was saying, "Hey, you know how much he's liking the show." And he's like, "I gotta admit, man, the first ten shows were crap." <laughs> <laughs> Gee, thanks, Sean. And I said. Hey, I know that. I, I wasn't for it. I, I don't encourage around. people to go that far back for Pete's yeah. sakes. <laughs> I'm not on there. Why even? Go? Yeah, he wasn't even on there yet. Yeah, uh, and, it, you know, so at that time, and this, honestly, that was, that was like two two years ago, two and a half years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I said, I would really love to get uh, this guy on. Well, you know, you're in Australia. I'm thinking that's never, that's not going to really happen. It's going to be hard. And he's going to be like, I don't want to bother. Just leave me alone and do my craft, man. Well, <laughs> so we go to Nam uh, this summer. I'm walking down this back row aisle by where all the drums and everything are. I walk by you and then I, I wasn't even looking. Something caught my eye and it was this guitar that I remember my jaw dropping when I saw it on, on Instagram and I, and I freaked out on you. you did. <laughs> I was like, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> and that, that's one of those weird things because when you have, when you follow somebody online or you, um, you basically sign up for somebody's brand in whatever way you listen to their show, you, you watch them build things. You just, you have a sticker, you've got one of their guitars or something something that's a connection and when you get more and more into that brand or product that connection deepens Mm. now that may only be a one-way street for most people so when that instantly becomes a two-way street it's a real freak out yeah you know i legitimately freaked out on you and then i realized (laughs) i I may have ruined my chances of any conversation at this point I'm freaking out on you and then I'm, I stop because I'm looking at these two 
unbelievably gorgeous guitars that you have on display. And, you know, I, frankly, I, I didn't even ask if I could hold it because it's one of those things. Like I kind of had it in, in a bit of a reverence. I'm like, I don't want to touch that thing. Cause <laughs> you know, so anyways, it was a great experience. It was a completely, utterly unexpected experience. And maybe the highlight of me getting, going down to Tennessee, like completely honestly, we connected on several other things, which was also exciting. Uh, yes. your, your design business, yep. um, your love of, of Japanese ephemera. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, so we, it was kind of weird. I was like, wow, you're like kind of a, a semi-Australian version of me a little <laughs> bit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's cool. It's very cool. Uh, yeah. So anyways, so that's how you're ending up on the show. Now, mm. we're also going to touch on a couple of things that almost made you not get on the show. Mm, yes. So we'll get into that in a second. Yeah. I would like to know, and I always like to try to find out just so we have an, a place to start with. How did you actually get into what you're doing? Uh, the question, the big question. The big question. It's a twofold. Many, many, many years ago, um, when I was in my early 20s, uh, my partner at the time and I were down in Melbourne visiting her uncle. He said, you got to check out this friend of mine. Um, she makes um, harpsichords. I'm like, okay, you like you, I like guitars. And I had just been down in Melbourne and was in a random guitar store and there was this old 18th century German zither and I was like that's cool I have no idea what that is what I is a zither that. it's like a 44 stringed harp kind of thing but it's like it's just it's built on a, a little uh, acoustic box oh they were quite sort of popular around the 19 uh, 1900s 1800s and they sounded they are basically a small harp. Um, they sound very, very pretty. And I saw this thing. I was like, I have no idea what that is, but it looks very, very pretty and I want it. So I bought this and my partner's uncle was, oh, you like that? You're going to love this. You've got to meet my friend. She makes harpsichords. I'm like, like, not really knowing what to expect. I thought, oh, okay. And, and, and a, explain what a harpsichord is. A harpsichord. A harpsichord is an old version of the original version of the piano. Much shorter strings, isn't it? Short, shorter strings is um, they're plucked with quills from birds' feathers, usually crow feathers, um, as, as opposed to hammers. Again, around the 16th, 17th century. Think Amadeus. Yeah, that kind of thing, yeah. But usually they're, they're um, handmade. They're all wood. They've got a very distinct sound to them. So I um, went to the back streets of Melbourne, into this lovely little tree-lined suburb, knock on the door of this, you know, rather normal-looking apartment, open the door, and here's this probably mid-40s woman in overalls, covered in sawdust, saw that it was the uncle, and she's like, oh, yes, no, come in, come in, come in, come in. And uh, went in, and opening the door right through was, it was covered in sawdust and wood bits and, and just... She turned her, her um, front room into her studio and there was all these old jigs and there was, you know, plans and maps on the walls. There was, you know, sawdust and wood and half-done bits of harpsichord all over the place. Hmm. And in the middle of the, of the room is this nearly completed harpsichord, beautifully made out of the most incredible. They're very, very ornate by, yeah, by most standards. Incredibly ornate. You know, yeah. it's just all, all this beautiful wood inlay. 
Now, I asked her the question you just asked me, how did you get into this? And here was this woman at the age of 35 who was an accountant who decided she wanted to make harpsichords. She couldn't play. She had no idea about woodworking. She literally just woke up one day and said, I want to build harpsichords. She probably you know, heard something on the radio and was like, what is that? I'm intrigued. And so she sold. She she packed up her business, moved to Italy, and studied with uh, uh, some of the the masters over in over in Florence. And she stayed there for six months. Oh, no, no, she stayed there for, for nearly two years, um, learning the trade, learning how to play, um, to how to build these 15th, 16th century instruments. Wow! Which you know, and she came back. She cleared out her her apartment. And she makes one a year, takes her a whole year to make, and she sells them around the world. And uh, that's her life. And, and I was just stunned. I was like, you can do this? People actually do this? And that was, like, that was when I was, you know, early 20s. And I'm like, that's really, that's really cool. That's so cool. Years went by, and over the years, my, um, uh, I'm a graphic designer by trade. I, I started when I was about 18. And uh, I actually started as a bicycle courier in an advertising agency. I didn't go to uni. I didn't go to any of that because I was, you know, I just, that wasn't my. And then I started three months later in the art department and uh, as a junior and I just worked my way up and I taught myself. And this is all before computers. This is all like cut and paste with scalpels and right. all that kind of thing. And uh, computers came in. I just taught myself all the programs that were, were that were needed for that, and so I'm very sort of hands-on. I, I, I clearly once I get my, my head in, <laughs> once I get my head into something, it's like I, I need to know how this works completely, and and I have to be completely knowledgeable all about it. A few years ago, uh, Jack White brought out his movie. You might get loud, mm-hmm. mm. and um, big Jack White fan. I think the guy's amazing. Going through the watching the movie, thought, this is really cool, and then they cut to Jack White getting his Gretsch back from the luthier that had just done a big alteration job on it. Right. This is when he put the the, the microphone, the, the microphone yeah. in the body. I was like, okay, who's this nutbag? Um, <laughs> they cut to Randy Parsons, the genius luthier um, who's now uh, located in LA, and they had a little shot of him and a little interview of you know, what he did. You know, and, and who is this guy? This is this isn't how you make guitars, or not how I thought you did anyway. Uh-huh. And then I looked him up. I, I went, you know, online just looking up everything I could possibly find. There's actually not a great deal about him. Like he's he's a pretty private guy. And then I found a movie that had been made of him called American Luthier. And I contacted the uh, the director of of the movie because it hadn't been released yet. And I said, "When's this been released? You know, I, I know about it, but like, I want to watch it." He actually sent me a um, copy of it ahead of time, which was really cool. And I watched it and I was like, I, I was just blown away by this guy's ingenuity and his skill. Again, his story was very similar to, to the woman who made harpsichords. He's like, he woke up one day and, the, you know, he was in the shower one day and he was like, I, I want to build guitars. But looking at, at the way he built his guitars, so they're very unique. They're made completely different from the way any other builder builds um and i was really taken with that and again it was like you can do this you can just stop your life and change and and go off in another direction 
when I hit 40, I was working in a job which I hated. I was, I was working as a designer for a big marketing company and making good money and, and, and living the life and all that kind of thing. But I just, I wasn't happy and I just needed a different direction. And I, I, for me, it was, it was that lightning bolt moment of, I want to build guitars. I've never done that before. I've no idea how. I don't know how to start, but that's what I want to do. And so I literally bought some rudimentary tools. I bought some timber and just started. Like in my, I, I live in a small apartment in the city. I've got a small wooden bench set up over my kitchen. It's insanely expensive in, in Sydney to rent anywhere. So I, I couldn't afford it. You don't a live on the beach? <laughs> no, I wish. So I ended up just plonking a bit of wood on, on, on my kitchen and just started building. And, and I loved it. It was, it was just one of those, this is what I'm meant to do moments. And I had watched a few online videos on YouTube of people building guitars and it, kind of, it didn't really interest me. Funnily enough, I, I, I wasn't really interested in how other people were making so I never went to, I was never, t- I've never been trained properly doing it. Everything I've done has been self-taught. Um, That's crazy. It's, and, and it's I, I, because I didn't want to be influenced by another guitar builder's methods. You know, I wanted to make my own mistakes, which you know, I've made plenty. But at the same time, I think I've come up with a style that's quite unique to me. So that's where my story started was uh, I wanted a change in my in, in a direction. You, know, you hear about these people, you know, they turned 50 and they, they go off on a tangent in their life and, you know, or there's a big crisis, you know, the, the, the usual, you know, get divorced and buy a Porsche type thing. This was kind of my midlife crisis, but it was to create. It was it was to go out and um, and create instruments that, that – were pure to me that, that really resonated with me. Ooh, that really shows. Your work shows it too. It's amazing. Just the logo itself looks like a labor. I mean, it's it's intricate and it's big. Thank you. Yeah. The the the, the oversized logo thing that that was um, with my first guitar. I, I built a um, my first guitar was for a very very good friend of mine called Sam Schumack amazing guitarist and uh this was when i f- was first getting started and i said look man i i want to build you a guitar you know can we collaborate on something it's like yeah that'd be really cool i said look i've just got some bloodwood in <laughs> big big stock of bloodwood now i don't know if how many people know about bloodwood um it sounds cool it looks very very pretty it's a very it's a dark red wood but it is a bitch to work with it is like <laughs> carving concrete it is mm. one of the hardest woods and you know dumb ass here that, that just you know didn't even realize it's like i'm gonna get bloodwood because that sounds cool it was you know it was a chore and he's like okay you know i, I, you know, I want a telecaster with no neck joint mm. i'm like okay he said, he said i want a telecaster that's all one piece and so and and luckily the 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 piece of the, the wood that I got was an actual full sized. So I handcarved out of a solid chunk, a, a solid block, a solid log of bloodwood, um, a full size telecaster. Um, so there is no neck joint, it's, it's all one piece. Wow. 
when it came to the logo, when it came to doing the inlay, it's like, so I'm, I'm, so I like ornate guitars. It's like, how the hell am I going to do? Because I'd never done inlay before. I'd never done any. It was my first time doing any of it. And I was like, how the hell am I going to get do this Honey Tea logo, which I designed, you know, being a graphic designer, design your own logo. I designed this really lovely ornate logo. How the hell am I going to do that? My compromise on it was I'm going to have a big, I'm going to have a big, big logo on the headstock. Screw yeah. this little, I'm a, you know, little tiny logo on the headstock because, you know, it's going to get in the way of everything else. I'm going to put everything full size on the headstock. And that's where it um, it came out. It just worked. It looks really, really cool. It also worked well because um, I noticed when I did um, do the logo and you see people, you know, when I saw people playing my guitars on stage, you can read the logo. You can read it. You can yeah, see in photos that's a, it that's a good shows point. right up. Um, so people don't have to go, hey, what are you playing there? You, know, you can see it. it. It just worked out. Design-wise, it, it worked out well for me. Yeah, it's um, awesome. So, uh, man, okay, so we, all of your background is, again, one of those situations. We, we, we get this all the time where we have somebody who is making something incredible by certainly for a consumer standard, but even by a craft standard, you know, we've had pedal builders, we've had guitar, we've had guitar builders, we've had amp builders, and they're like, I had no idea what I was doing. I didn't know how to do this. Mm. Um, Completely. We had Eric from uh, from Echo Park who's building the Narb amps and the Echo Park amps, and he's like, Yeah, I didn't know. How to, I don't know how to do electronics. I'm like, mm. wait a minute, what? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> he's like I just started. I wanted to do it, and I and I knew what I wanted to hear, and I started looking at other things. So we've had so many people do that, and I'm am always so happy when I hear something like that because to me that's just incredibly inspiring. I think most people don't do anything because they don't feel they have permission to do it because they don't possess the knowledge or they don't exactly. possess the talent, Completely and that agree. is complete nonsense clearly mm. that's complete nonsense so i i really appreciate you sharing that part of your story because i guarantee you nobody that's it, people if you have the ability to do it right now you need to go check out his instagram this is honey tea underscore custom underscore guitars feast your eyes ladies yeah, and gentlemen feast your eyes on this business yep so uh, here was another here's another little doozy that you told me at at uh, Nashville because I was asking you about y your paint on these things. I looked at a lot of different ways because obviously I'm in an apartment. You know, I I, I don't have a lot of room. I've, I I don't have you know a spray gun. I can't have anything like that. When it came down, it was like, well, I'm just going to have to deal with aerosol cans here. I've got, I've got to be creative and and work out how this is going to work. Um, and so luckily your neighbors must love you. <laughs> I, I am in a very, very fortunate position where the apartment that I'm in is quite old. And so either side of me, you can't hear anything. There's, you can't, I, I can work till two o'clock in the morning. Really? You know, with power to, you know, with drilling stuff and, and, um, but I'm also on a corner block. So there's lots of ventilation, you know, so when I go to spray, if I go to um, paint or spray anything, I just um, put up plastic sheeting, drop uh, drop plastic sheeting in my bathroom, <laughs> and have at it. You know, I I I, <laughs> I, I, 
I, I work within but the But not like American Psycho have. have at it. Like uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, It looks like it, I have to say. Because I, I do, I don the full, um, you know, the, the coveralls and the and, and the and the gas sure. masks and stuff like that. So, so yeah, it, it, oh, it would look so, like a murder scene. If let, you let's put this into perspective really quick. It, it, for those of you who have who are familiar with his work or are just looking at it right now, and you're looking at some of those finished guitars, those are done in a bathroom <laughs> with with spray paint cans. That's right, pretty much. I mean, it really kind of defies the. Uh, it's ludicrous. It it's is what ludicrous. It is. It's it is. Mental. It is uh, most people that most most guitar builders, most luthiers would look at the way that I do most of my stuff and just go, "That's insane. Why would you do it that way?" Yeah. And but um, <laughs> and even I look at it going, "This is nuts. Why? How? Why am I doing this?" And I, I, I just make stuff work within my own limitations. You know, just yeah. And, and to be, to be clear, we're not saying, wow, this is crazy. Why are you doing this? Because it looks terrible. Mm. <laughs> we're crazy. Quite the opposite. This is insane it's amazing. because it looks like a museum piece. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> they really are stunning, stunning pieces of art. Yeah. I agree. And Thank you so when you told me that, like I didn't, I'm pretty sure I sounded like I had been hooked up to a battery or something. <laughs> Where'd you get that guitar? I got it out of the bathroom. What? The guitar came from the bathroom. That's yeah, got it. Uh, that was that was shocking. Absolutely Amazing. shocking to hear. I looked at uh, a lot of different techniques for uh, how finishes are done, and again with my own limitations and uh, the white. Um, the white and gold um, guitar that I've just finished, or mm -hmm. I had uh, I had at the show, but I've refinished since, um, has got a very subtle um, gold dust burst to it. Mm -hmm. And uh, for that, um, <laughs> I, I, I wanted I wanted to, I, I looked at um, the way the old Japanese masters used to do the big panels, the big um, black panels. Right. And and the lacquer, gold. Lacquer panels. The lacquered panels. Yeah. And the way that they would do those is they would get gold dust and tap it. So it was this really fine, subtle dusting of, of stuff. So I don't use, when I go to, if any anything that's gold dusted or anything like that, I don't put it into the spray. It doesn't go into the lacquer itself. It's actually dusted on Right on top first, or so, or 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 leaf transfer. And, so that and, takes and the, you to and the, and the gold. Yeah, the gold leaf thing was that was that was cool. That was one thing I, I hadn't seen on many guitars, um, and I thought that could be a really nice offset to this, you know, white guitar. Or in 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 regards to the blue one, um, was just having these subtle accent. Uh, accents that um, when you look at it from a certain angle, you go, oh, wow, the sides are sort of glittery and, oh, that, that's gold leaf. Oh, well, that's it. You know, that, and I thought it looked really cool. You know, that, that's part of the reasons. I, I, I like really good color combinations um, if I can get them. You know, I like a, a good two or three-toned um, color combination. Mm -hmm. um, so I think those uh, – I try to think those things – through um, when I, when I'm building something, it's like what's going to be cool? Well, the gold with the white's going to look really cool. You know, the, you know, the gold with the blue um, has a real sort of royal feel to it. The gold with the white's got this almost you know heavenly feel to it. Um, 
the next one that I'm that I will plan to to go towards is um, is I want to do a white with rose gold, which I think would look oh, really, wow. really really pretty. So yeah. Um, you, you, not, not, the, not the cheapest way of going about things, but it's, it's, it definitely has some eye-catching factors. You, you, you mentioned something that was very, uh, you said subtlety, mm. uh, su- subtle. Now, th- one of the things that I think is so interesting about your work is that when you look at it, it is nothing, there's nothing <laughs> subtle about it. Right, you walk by and you're like, "That's a purple and gold guitar," or, or "That's a purple guitar with um, I don't know what kind of flowers are spilled all over the fretboard." Yeah, 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 that was cool. You know, I, I didn't enjoy it. At all. Or the the black and red, like almost like you know, blood red. You know what? Yeah. Uh, subtlety is not the first thing that comes <laughs> to your mind. However, when you begin to look at the at the at it not from afar but up close that's where the the really awe-inspiring subtlety comes in and you're like wow Mm. an immense amount of thought and craft has gone into every single inch of this guitar yeah i'm all about the details it's it's it's, yeah it's it's the fine details that that i think separate yeah a good guitar or a good anything from something that's that could be great so um, I, yeah, I, I, I'm very much uh, a detail guy. Uh, what are you mentioned the the Japanese stuff? Um, that's obviously that plays a part in what you mm. do, and we talked about that at length. Um, I'm a big fan of feudal uh, Japan, uh, mm. at least the uh, the the uh, uh, the literature and the art and just the, the, the history the, behind the it. The history, yeah, yeah it's fascinating. Mm. Yeah, I, I fell in love with Japan um, many, many years ago. A friend of mine and I decided to go on holidays. Like, let's go to Japan, and um, I stepped off at Narita Airport um, in Tokyo, and I felt home. It's the first time in my life um, I've lived in Sydney most of my life, and and it's the first time I've actually felt home somewhere. And so, two weeks in in Tokyo, the uh, Staying in around Shibuya, uh, I was just my breath was taken away by the people, by their politeness, by um, their sincerity, by their quietness, by the their respect for their own culture. There's very few countries in the world, uh, very few um, uh, nationalities in the world that have a deep respect for their entire culture. Um, there's always been black spots here and there or you know, certain cases, you know, none at all. Um, but the Japanese just, uh, they're very insular. They, they, they like, you know, their own things. They like, they like being Japanese. And um, I was really taken by that. And their artwork and the, and the way that they go about their art is, is just so meticulous and fine and perfect. Their art is perfect. I came away from that place just awestruck. I, I would have moved there had I could. You know, I've, I've actually looked into it, and they make it very, very difficult for Westerners to live there. But uh, it's such an, uh, an awe-inspiring place. And uh, when I started building, 
I started looking up and following a few Japanese luthiers, and there's one in particular that he's not well known at all. He, again, he works very similar to me, um, works out of a small space. His name's uh, Kazu Sabuki. A few years ago, when I first started building, actually my second guitar that I built, I thought, this is, this is a cool idea. Came and bit me on the ass later on, but I thought, this is a cool idea. I'm going to build a guitar for a famous person or a semi-famous person, you know, a, a guitarist that I respect and think would appreciate something that I would build. I'm going to build in this guitar and it's going to be a gift to them. And, you know, hopefully it would be kind of cool if they played it and people recognized it uh-huh. and helped my business. And so I ended up building the, 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 the black and red jet yeah. style guitar. Um, which is also made out of bloodwood. Um, <laughs> there's a Japanese, uh, an all-girl Japanese band called Scandal. They're quite famous in Japan. But their guitarist is a, is a, a girl called Mami Sazazaki. And when I first heard the band, I was like, oh, it's cool, you know, there's a female singer and they've got a bunch of musicians behind it. It's a sort of put-together thing, which, you know, a lot of Japanese bands are. And, it's, and then I found out the band was actually these four girls that met together in school, like 16 years old, and was like, you know, let's form a band. And I'm like, that's that's rare. That's kind of cool. And then there's this, this girl, Mammy, who's this really, really good guitarist. You know, she, she can play really, really well. I'm going to make her a guitar. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that sounds cool. I'm going to make her a guitar. <laughs> and so I made this, this, um, this jet style, um, and it was – it turned out – Lovely, I love it. It was it was one of my, it's one of my favourites that I've made. Got a flight case made for it. Did a full write up uh, of why I built it. You know, I actually studied her style, how she played. She plays lots of octaves. Um, there's a certain way that she plays. And I'm like, okay, so I'm going to fit. She's a small person. She's a small girl, so I made the neck quite thin and 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 easier to play in that respect. Um, so I really thought about. And, and studied her and thought about how she played and what would be best for her. I'm like, okay, how am I going to get this to her? So I was like really worried about shipping guitars. I'm not a big fan of it. I've heard lots of horror stories of um, yeah. cases being crushed and, and, and everything. Screw it. I'm going to go to Japan. I'm, I'm just going to jump on a plane <laughs> with this thing. And so I tried contacting their management. I was like, I'm going to – and I had it in my head. Was, this is going to be a surprise. So I'm, I'm going to just rock up. Yeah, and I'm going to turn up at their studio or wherever and, and, and give her this guitar, and it's going to be awesome. Everybody's going to be happy. So I hit hit Tokyo. I'd gotten – I'd started learning Japanese a little bit beforehand, so I got my Japanese teacher to translate a letter that I was going to present saying, this is who I am, this is why I built this guitar, and got her to translate this letter. And so I turned up, handed this letter to this girl, and she looked at me, she looked at the guitar case, she looked at me again and got out her phone. We, we did the, the Google Translate by phone type thing. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, which worked surprisingly well. Um, and she looked at her and she nodded at me. She's like, I, I understand. Yeah, I, I get it. Translated back to her, showed her my phone. She's like, yeah, how can I get in contact with the band? You know, how can I get in contact with someone to, to, to get this guitar to, to Mammy? And uh, she's like, just a moment, I'll, I'll, I'll make some, I'll make a phone call. She 
made one phone call, didn't go anywhere. And then she managed to get hold of the manager, their manager, the actual, the band manager. All I, all I hear is, hey, hey, hey. You know, the, that's, that's Japanese for yes. It's, hey. Mm-hmm. She gets off the phone and she said, uh, she, she translated, it's like, you can't meet the band. You can't meet the band. I'm like, <laughs> okay. Um, I said, can I leave the guitar here um, in the shop? Can get to them, you know, through here? She's like, you can't leave the guitar here. I'm like, okay. She's like, it has to go through the fan club. I'm like, okay. Um, can you give me an address for the fan club? And so she did. She gave me the address for the post office box. So I was right back where I started. Oh, no. I was like, oh, man, this is horrible. And then the weekend was coming. It was like, so I had to hang around there for the weekend till the Monday morning. And the Monday morning is like, okay, I'm going to the fan club now. I'm going to their, their, their fan club headquarters. So again, in the back streets of Tokyo, knocked on the door, not expecting anyone to answer. Door opens and it's the girl from the shop. And I was like, oh, thank God, at least this one person I don't have to explain this crazy fucking story to all right, over again. Right. And she just looks at me and her eyes are just bugging out. She is freaking out. She's like, who are you? You know, what? where did you come from? How okay. did you know about this place? She runs off, gets her manager, which is actually the two I see in this, this um, and I hand her the letter and she reads it. I've made this guitar. It's a gift. It's, it's, you know, my appreciation of her talents and I would, you know, I would really like her to have it. And she said, can I see the guitar? And I said, sure. I opened it up and she, she looks at it and she, the first thing she says or translates to me is like, it's too much. We can't take it. It's too much. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what do you mean? She's like, it's, it's, it's too expensive. We can't take it. And I'm like, no, 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 I, I come all this way. It's a gift. I, I don't expect anything from it. It's purely a thing. And I'm starting to freak out. I'm like, I can't take this thing all the way back to, <laughs> to Sydney. And I was like, can I leave it here? And she's like, I, I'm not sure. I don't think so. And I'm like, I literally said, okay, I'm leaving this. Bye. And, and, and <laughs> I left. And she gave me her business card and I emailed her straight away when I got back to my hotel and I said, thank you so much um, for letting me present the guitar to you. Um, I hope Mammy can see it soon. And the only thing she she replied with was, it has been received. That's the only thing you ever heard? That's the only thing I heard. And it's the only thing I've heard since. You're kidding Um, me. And this was 2016. Yeah, I was over the 2016. And as far as I was aware, it's, and it probably still is, sitting in a back room. You've never been seen. You've got to be kidding me. So I had, this, I had this amazing sort of adventure that went nowhere. Oh, it was, my gosh. It was incredible. It is. It's an, it's an incredible guitar. Somebody out there, I know we have fans in Japan. But I know that for a fact. So, fans in Japan, get to the bottom of this for this for help help our buddy out here. This is this is insane. Stephen, you uh, have uh, had a few other strange so uh, strange setbacks. Um, I did, I, I, I did. I do want to uh, get J- Jared, who's a pickup builder here. Um, Please. I think 
on the latest one that, the, that you built, the purple one, which we will yes. tell the story of in just a second on this, yeah. on the purple one, uh, this particular guitar is... I'm not going to explain it at all. <laughs> Everybody just needs to go look at this thing because it is... I, there's too much. I, I, it would just be... I don't even know how I would start to explain it, but it is awe-inspiring. One of the things on this guitar I have never seen before. Uh, Jared, have you ever seen anything like that before? Uh, okay, so J- Jared wants to talk to you about this real quick. So please, please. I, I noticed uh, there's, I think, three different little pebbles of yes. in, with brass covers. Yes. And I'm just guessing at, at that the, they're at the base of the at neck. At the base of the neck, kind of like a Johnny Smith would be. So yeah. I'm guessing yeah. that there's three different coils there. It's... um. I had this idea when I designed this. Um, I, I love big jazz guitars. Always love big jazz guitars. Mm-hmm. Um, when I see uh, and a big fan of like Charlie Christian, um, and when when the Charlie Christian came out, you know, with that big chunky pickup. And, oh yeah. Um, Most of it's I, underneath the guitar. It's all underneath the guitar. It's, you know, yeah. it's all sort of floating underneath the body. Um, and I've also, you, you see a lot of um, jazz guitars and they've got the pickup that's floating, um, hanging off the, the end of the fretboard. Oh, yeah. Well, well that's, that's a cool idea, but it tends to be a little bit add-on. You know, it's, it's a bit sort of, it's been bolted on, you know, re- retrospectively. And uh, I love um, stepped fretboards. I, I always have, you know, that sort of, you know, strange shapes to the end of, of fretboards. And so I wanted I wanted to have this stepped fretboard, but with a floating and a, and a step fretboard. For those who don't know, that's sort of like a D'Angelico style kind of yeah, where yeah. you're the last with about three or four frets essentially are um, almost like kind of indented. Indented, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And so I wanted this indented step fretboard, but I also wanted a, a floating pickup. And like I can't bolt something like that on there. It's going to look ridiculous. And I didn't want anything attached to the body. I didn't want to be cutting holes in this thing. Um, and so I came up with three-part pickup as as a visual thing more than anything else. I had no idea. And I sent it off to I sent off the design to my my good buddy um, Tim McNally, who does McNally pickups up in um, Canada. Mm-hmm. Guy's a genius. Guy's an absolute genius. Like I said, I, I've done this thing. I don't know if it'll actually work. I've never actually seen it. Um, what do you think? Is it doable? He's like, this is wacky, man. Where'd you come up with this? I'm like, I don't know. My brain works funny. He said, let me, let me, let me try something. And he went away for a couple of months and he came up with it. It was, it was and it's three single coils that are all joined together. He said, he said, I've never worked on anything this small in my life. Yeah. You know, <laughs> The wiring and everything else that he made um, of, of how it works underneath was just incredible. They, they attach underneath the fretboard in staggered steps. Pickup wire just runs underneath the fretboard through into the body and then the, um, the volume knob. It's um, one of those things, if you're looking at the guitar, you, you, you won't pick up. No, no, yeah. pun inten- no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> I couldn't get oh, it out fast enough. The, the guitar I've designed is very Art Deco style. The pickups I wanted to match with the tailpiece that I built um, and designed, which is a kind of Art Deco fan design. So I wanted that to complement um, the tailpiece. Yeah. And so it just happened to turn out really, really nice. And, yeah, it's, it's one of those things like, what are those shiny metal things on the end of the fretboard? Oh, 
they pick up. So it's cool. So that that particular guitar it is the most brilliant royal blue and gold leaf. You have this guitar on display at NAMM, and you're arriving from Australia, and they stick yep. you in a corner up against yep. the wall <laughs> with about a three-foot space to show your literally show-stopping guitars. And then what happens? I have an amazing amount of uh, people come up to me and, and express how much they love it and how unique it is, and it's it's all very humbling and and wonderful to hear. On the flight home, someone has obviously opened up the case at some point, taken the guitar out, and there's been some damage to the headstock, Jeez. which is unfortunate, but it's not a major thing. It was, you know, but it, it, it was fixable. And so, unfortunately, here I am working away on this guitar, getting the headstock back to back to bare wood again so I could just you know, get the, the, the You took it down to bare wood? Yeah, it's, oh, I, I've God. always found, like, retouching stuff. Over time, it, it just becomes noticeable. Wow. That's my, that's my thing anyway. Uh, I, I like to have stuff done properly. So if I can, if it's one solid surface, I'll take it back to bare wood and I'll start again. As I'm working on it, the guitar slips, slips off my bench. And as I'm trying to catch it, it falls at a funny angle and the headstock snaps. Incredible. Oh. Okay, so, now, now all of you are, who have now seen this <laughs> guitar are probably going to start weeping at this I, point. I literally fell to the floor, my heart pounding because I realized how big, excuse me, how big a fuck okay. this is. Yeah. Um, it, there is no easy fix on this thing. It's not like I can just stick some glue on and, and put it back together. So it was a huge blow. I've had a few other little things that have sort of happened over over the past you know few weeks, um, some personal things that have kind of stopped me in the direction that I was going, and, and so I, life um, was dealing you a whole bunch of closed doors. It was pretty much yeah, I was getting yeah. slammed in the face a lot, and so I, you know, I, I I messaged Todd a few weeks ago saying, "Look, man, I'm at an all time low here. I can't do your show because I I just feel like garbage and." It's not going to come across, you know, very good, and I'll probably start crying or something like that. <laughs> and and he's like, "No, man, please, you got to do the show. You know, everybody's going to love your story." And I was like, "Oh," and so I kind of picked myself back up again. And so I've, I've, the, the guitar is back in its case. I've, I've stripped, stripped it back again to bare wood. The whole um, thing, take, whole thing. Oh, taking oh yeah, leaf off, yeah, yeah. Take, he has to. Take, Take, take a yeah. knife, take, I've, I've actually cut the neck off. I'm going to yeah. put a brand new neck on it. Yeah, that's that's um, the right thing to do. I got to do it right, you know. You got to. Yeah. You know, so it's, I just it's, threw up in my mouth a little. It'll bit. It'll be brand. I, uh, it's going to be brand new again, Todd. It'll brand be brand new. Oh, It'll, it's, so it was. It was a tough thing. Like me cutting that neck off was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. But I knew with my guitars, I can't half-ass it. You know, I can't just. I can't do a, 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 a body job and, and just try and repair something and cover it up. I don't like doing that. That was the first um, bit of Australian slang that you threw in there all night. <laughs> no, a budgie job. Oh, a budgie job, yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. So, so, so I'm, I'm back to square one on that. But all right. at the same time, it stops me where I was headed. And when I went to Nam, 
it was a huge eye opener because I didn't really know how good my stuff was, how how good my guitars were compared to the rest of the world. And so when I got back to Australia after being in this amazing world of guitars and 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 people, I realised how small and kind of insignificant we are here. Yeah, and. Uh, so I'm, I've, I've made big decisions and started looking for somewhere else to, to be, to create, because I, it's wow hideously expensive to live here and to work here. And there's no way that I could do the guitars that I want to build and be able to make a living out of it. It's just, it'd be impossible. So I put the feelers out to see what was a possibility. And, and the man here, Todd, has, has, has hooked me up. Um, I, I'm looking at moving to Germany um, next year. He, he got me in touch with uh, Frank DeMille, um, who does uh, DeMille guitars over in Germany. Lovely, uh-huh. lovely man. Um, I've, I've been contacted by the uh, people at the, the European Guitar Builders right. uh, Association. Um, they're in full swing. They're ready to support, which was amazing to hear. Oh, it's so great. Um Tanya, Tanya so, Spalt. Yeah, Tanya, she, she, yeah. she, she's incredible. So, you know, thank, thank you, you know, Mr. Novak. You, it's, you, you, you've opened doors for me, which is awesome. Oh, that's fantastic to hear, man. Um, I think so, someone of your caliber and your talent, I think you deserve a nice uh, actual shop. And finish yes. and a finish booth to work in, yeah, you know, yes. with Seriously. your Japanese tools and stuff. Yeah, um, so that's the plan. It's all, all right. very much up in the air. Um, but that's so I'm exciting. Looking, I'm, that's I'm, so I'm exciting. Those are good people I, over there, man. Frank, yeah, Frank yeah. Dimel and Tanya Spalt. Thank you guys so much for uh, reaching out. Good yeah, Frank, people. Frank, Frank's the man. He's. I'm, I'm going to be talking to him um, over Skype next week. That's so fantastic. See what we can do. So, yeah, again, I think again, thank you, thank you, you know, guitar knobs for for helping a brother out here. Oh, you bet, man, you bet. I'm I'm very happy to hear that because I, I didn't know where that went. So I'm, yeah. that, that, I'm that makes me really really happy. Uh, all right, well, whoo, doggies, uh, we are learning an awful lot about Stephen and Honey Tea. And uh, for those again who have not gone there yet, do so as soon as possible. Eye candy, yes, big time. And uh, we'll keep tabs on him. Right now, we're going to do our wrap-up segment with... Uh, Would you rather... Okay. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> this week's Would You Rather, Rick at Pure Salem Guitars just released two really awesome guitars. And uh, mm-hmm. one is that he just released is called the Cherry Bomb, and that's an explorer... explorer style guitar oh but it's so much more oh yes and he also put out a brand new model that is a v style guitar that's Uh, the bruiser so you have the choice in between those two guitars yes those are the only yeah yeah well and and the the explorer's got like a um uh like a a tiger style uh tortoise pit guard yeah yeah which looks mm-hmm. wicked and it's kind of like a deep 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 cherry with a yep. subtle burst that it looks like and the- in your mind yeah you have to see it. if you're if you go on instagram look this up because yeah. i believe that's where he dropped yeah them. i don't think it's on the site yet you, you have to look i mean it's hard to explain it you know over audio you have to actually look at it with your eyes 
to picture the the color of the guitar that yeah, we're describing it's, it's and that big gorgeous. card. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And then the Bruiser, which uh, the first run, I believe, was in black with gold pickguard, which you know I love. Oh, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a wicked-looking guitar. So we've got the choice of two of those guitars. Stephen, what are you doing? I would go the V. I'm a big V fan. <laughs> I love I, – I, I do. I love Vs. I think they're just – one of the coolest things to play. You know, they, they just feel funny and weird, but they look so cool. Um, yeah, no, I, I would go the V. Okay. Jared? I had an Explorer, and I recently sold it. So I'm probably going to go with the Explorer again because I really like the way it balanced. And I imagine, you know, Pure Salem's is, has a really good balance as well. And I want that pick card with that color scheme he's got going on. That's pretty <laughs> awesome. So it's, it's so yeah it's I don't know I guess I'm fifty fifty on the visual and in the feel so yeah I'll go explore all right I ooh, we both we love the explorers I and I love tiger stripe tortoise but man that V has got my name all over it that yeah. is wicked cool it is so cool looking. I like that. I'm going to go with the Bruiser. Uh, so go check those out at uh, Pure Salem while they last. That's the big thing. While they last. Yep. Uh, so Rick, nice job over there at Pure Salem. All right. Uh, we are going to do a quick thank you to some folks, and then we're going to give you some information. So we want to give a humongous thank you to our executive producers for the support of the podcast. Uh, and this is the short way to do it, Tony, who's not here. We're going to call him out by name. Yes. Do it really long. I do. <laughs> that would uh, really make him yeah. happy. What, what happens uh, if, you, if you sign up for the executive level there, Jerry? You get to have your name right on the thing. That's right. And if you don't know what you get else in a package, if you go to our Instagram, uh, we just had one of our top tier patrons post what they got in the mail, and it's pretty cool. I'm yeah. just going to say that. So we want to thank a few people real quick. Tom Barazin, Martin Cliff, David Wolfson, Matt Brammer, Carlos Mancha, Pete Marshall, Robin Smith, John Daly, Oliver Gonzalez, Sean, Chris Kearney, John Angland, Robert Marfleet, Darren Gregory, Gary Woodman, and Beckett. Hey, Beckett. Zach J. Wright, Doug Christ, Michael Van Zant. Brad Partridge, Doug Gann, Ken Sayers, and brand new Corey Nigro. Thank you so much for your help in our show. It, it I can't tell you how good it makes us feel and how much it helps our show. Thank you. Yes, sir. Uh, Steven. Yes. Where can people find you on the internets? Um, you can go to my website, um, honeyteaandmaplewood, or one word, dot com. Um, and that will send you to my Instagram and Facebook links. Excellent. And Jared? Well, if you need some new pickups or even some old-looking pickups, I can uh, do what you need there. Uh, BrandonWildPickups.com. And uh, we also do uh, rewinds at a very fair and uh, price. And uh, we, we try to get those out as quickly as possible as well. Yeah, good stuff. Yep. They're in my guitars, so there. Yep. Um, and uh, Pick Guardian, who's not here, but he makes wicked cool pick guards. He's the man. So check out Pick Guardian One on Instagram. 
you can send me a line to Todd at the guitarnobs.com. That's right. And connect with us on social and all those great things. Steven, thank you so much for joining us on the show. We wish you continued luck and, and prosper greatly with your, with your uh, guitar work. You deserve it. And thank you guys so much. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure being on your show. Excellent. And keep us informed on our Facebook group of how things are going and, and if you're moving and all that stuff, okay? Yep. And say hi to Frank for us. Will do. Everybody, so have much. an awesome guitar week. We'll see you next time. Subscribe! Yeah. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs visit our website at the guitar for all of our past episodes four on the floor blog and other good stuff you can connect with us on social too at our facebook page and share your gear and stories on our facebook group also be sure to check out our instagram at guitar knobs catch you next time